This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Boardroom International Surfboard Show coming up October 8th and 9th in Del Mar, California. This year honoring Icon of Foam, Timmy Patterson. And as always, we have a huge hall filled with the entire surfboard manufacturing industry. Shapers, laminators, sanders, airbrush artists, fin guys, all of it. It's a smorgasbord of surfboards because we all know there is one truism. Surfboards, the icon of enduring youth. Surfboards make you feel like a kid again. And we all love surfboards. October 8th and 9th, Boardroom International Surfboard Show. For more information and for all the exhibits, displays, and fun to be had at the boardroom, visit boardroomshow.com. There are many one-man shops, a shaping room with perhaps an attached laminating room, a sanding room, perhaps a spray room, small but efficient factories, a place where local boards are built by local surfers for locals, salt-of-the-earth type stuff. Sadly, in late March of this year, 2022, one such workshop was destroyed by fire. On this episode of the Boardroom Podcast, Scottish surfer and surfboard builder Jason Burnett. Let us begin. Yeah, Jay Surfboards. Uh, welcome to the Boardroom Podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. I got to say, I, I obviously don't know anything. We've never met before. I don't know anything about you. Yeah. And I, wa- I want to get to learn about you. So my first question is, is sort of lame, which will be the theme of my questions. They will be lame questions. Is your name Jay or Jason? It's Jason. That's what I thought. I thought Tim, yeah. my friend Tim Crozier said it was Jason. Yeah, yeah. So just use the J, the J as a short version, and it's a bit easier to remember, and looks better. Right, right. Down on the on the surfboards, you know. Uh, my next question is 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 silly. When was the last time that you ate haggis? <laughs> Sometimes have it in a breakfast roll. Really? Uh, the last time? Can't remember. I mean. If- if you can't remember, I guess it's not a staple of your diet. No, it's definitely not a staple. No, no. Could you quickly explain haggis to our listeners? Oh, haggis is um, the inside of a inside of a sheep, basically all the remains. <laughs> you know, but yeah, it tastes good. If so you're a meat eater, yeah, you would like it. It's quite spicy as well. So, so it's, it's sheep intestines with spices all kind of ground up. Yeah. And yeah. it's put, put in a sausage? Uh, yeah, it's got like a skin on it. Yeah. Got like a, yeah, they wrap it in the, yeah, the sheep's intestines and wrap it in that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then you just bo- boil it up. Yeah. All right. But it's nice with um, mashed potato and um, turnip. 
And some people have it in a breakfast roll with egg. Yeah. Well, so, yeah. All right. <laughs> but it's pretty good. Tiggy, you've never tried it. No, I've never tried it. I imagine I need to, it should be on my bucket list, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, if you, yeah. So you've never been to Scotland then? No, I've never been to Scotland. I, I have a friend who I haven't seen in about 25 or 30 years. We worked on a sailboat together. Okay. And, and he was from du- Dublin, Dublin. Dublin, yeah. Okay. And, um, and that was quite an adventure. We sailed around Europe and across the Atlantic together on a big sailboat, but uh, we lost track of each other. I would love to go to Scotland. I'm planning on going to Scotland, actually. My wife and I want to visit. Yeah. We're hope- hoping next year sometime. Yeah. Now things are starting to ease off. It's a bit easier, you know. So, how'd your, um, your friend, Devin? Devin Howard. Devin Howard, he was. Um, he posted up about what we're going to chat about. Um, he was chatting away about Scotland. He, he needs to get here. He's always wanted to come. He's got ancestral roots here from like the 18th century. Yeah. Long way back. So he, yeah. wants, to, he wants to come over and visit, obviously, <laughs> when his life's calmed down a little bit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We got to get Devin over there. It's funny when you mentioned that he has ancestors, I thought to myself, you know, there, there is a little streak of Scottish in him now that I think about it, you know, and I don't know, maybe I'm just being, uh, I don't know. I'll have to talk with him about it. You're a surfboard builder in Scotland. You came onto my radar. Of course, I've seen your Instagram feed, but my friend Tim Crozier mentioned your situation to me a few weeks ago. You're Sadly and tragically, your surfboard factory burned to the ground. And so I think we should start there. Obviously, I'm very sorry about about what happened. Can you tell me a little bit about, and I'm sure you've done this numerous times, but if you could sort of explain to the listeners that day, what happened to your surfboard factory, how it all went down? Oh, yeah. Just a normal day like any other day. Um, So I had a, yeah, this, this is the worst part about it all. I had a friend who I let um, use my workshop on the the day this fire happened. And I do uh, make surfboards as well as teach swimming. So I've got a couple of jobs, so just to keep everything in balance. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was teaching swimming that day in the morning till about 1 p.m. and then just left there. Uh, on my way back, I was picking up a board um, off a guy and... And I arrived at the workshop. It was a, I remember exactly. I arrived at the workshop at like 17 minutes past two, driving into the smoke. Just not realizing it was actually my workshop as I was driving into the, the estate. And it was just, it was like, and I got closer and I'm like, oh, okay, holy shit, this is, this minds itself. So yeah, I, had to, I couldn't drive around the front. I reversed really fast and drove around the back over the grass and, and got around the, the back and I could see that he was out, obviously out of the building and just moving his vehicle away and stuff like that. Um, and so when I was driving around, I was phoning the fire brigade because the fire brigade are just two minutes around the corner, but it took them about 10 minutes to get there um, from when I arrived. So unfortunately, it wasn't when I was there, which was about a, it's been a hard one to take that one. Um so it's trying to piece together what happened after it all. You know, it's it's like so fresh and those even like the first week, it was just so much going on in your head. Um, but I had to get the information from the my friend that was there and what actually he done through the day um, when he was in there and like a timeline. So it appears that it started with uh, him, him using a router and hoovering up using my Hoover extraction system that I had in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, so I had a cyclone collector in the shaping room, which yeah. went up to a uh, Hoover up in the loft, just to keep that away, you know, all that, that dust, but just to contain it all. So he's, he's using that, but it appears that the Hoover's been left on for too long. Mm. And either he's Hoovered up something that's maybe been hot, yeah. or the Hoover's failed. So yeah, it's one of the two. That's that's the conclusion we came to. Um, the fire investigation specialist team they that was the, the conclusion that they got as well yeah how that started so it was possibly a slow 
burner. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, which in hindsight, you could say if I was there, then I would have smelt something. Yeah. When you when you're working in that environment, like you smell you get used to resin smell. Yeah. You get used to it. It's weird, you do get used to it, but obviously you can set you obviously your senses are sense something that's a bit different. You're smelling something that's not normal. Yeah. So it's yeah. It's just one it's one of those things. It's just yeah. Did your did your friend have a mask on while he was working in there? Yeah. Maybe that again, I don't Yeah, the rooms the rooms were set up. So I had like a shaping room and a glassing room and then I had a, a another room which was mainly for like boards and people like customers coming in, talking to them. So it wasn't in that toxic environment, you know, as that was encased in the other rooms. So you just come out of those rooms and take your mask off, but you would still smell something from even that room as well. Yeah. So yeah. So do you think the fire brigade reacted too slowly? There was nothing they could do. Because it's yeah, the fire brigade here, I don't know if it's a bit different to where you are, but it's all to do with them being safe. There's yeah. no one in, there's no one in the building. So it's not it can just burn. That's that's basically once it's started, once it's established fire, ripping through a roof. You've just got to stop it going elsewhere. It's right. just burn everything in that building. It's, yeah, yeah. He's just, yeah. Water. So they don't they don't put water on the fire. They just want to let it burn out. Yeah, well, they do. They they, they kind of tackle it in a way. But once it's established in those rooms, it's, yeah, you can just kind of try and cool, cool it down. You know, stop it from getting too hot and spread in a way. But they're not trying to put it out. You know, it's just got yeah. to burn. Yeah, and they've got to make sure they're safe. They can't just walk into a burning building and try and put it out in case something falls on top of one of their colleagues, you know. It's- and so when you first pulled up, obviously you're like, holy crap, and your friend's out there moving his car away and stuff. At that point, I can't yeah. imagine the emotions or or maybe you were more in fight or flight. Just you know? numb. It's like starting overcoming to just be numb and just like trying to process what's what's actually happening right in front of you. You know, your eyes, you're just like, what the, you know, it's uh, yeah. It's sort of helpless yeah, because there's you, not much you can do. There's nothing you can do. It's, yeah, it's just, there's just nothing. Yeah. Fire is the worst, worst yeah. thing that happen to anybody, even losing a home. Or, and you're, but obviously, I've lost a lot of possessions and just my business is obviously stopped at the moment because of it. And yeah, it's a bit, it takes time to just process all that. Yeah. And deal with it all. And, and you're building it, your factory. It was basically just your workshop, right? It was just you. You didn't have laborers or workers that no. you were concerned about. Yeah, it was just myself. Yeah. So, yeah, my own place. Been, yeah, it's been oh, eight years I've been in there. Because working, I started, oh, started like everybody else, you know, in the backyard, in a, yeah. in a, in a, in a hut, we call them. You know, yeah. so just do doing repairs in the beginning and then to like making a board, getting in, getting kind of curious, you know, like I can make a board, why not? Give it a try. Yeah. Cool. So how long have you been surfing? Um fair well, I've been in been in waves for thirty years, but I started bodyboarding first. Yeah. So we all do. Uh, yeah, so, but here, here that's like it's like shh, don't tell anybody. <laughs> oh really? Is there is there is it embarrassing? <laughs> Nah, it's just you get a bit of uh, you know, yeah, 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 a bit of banter from the the other surfers, you know. You just, yeah. you what you bodyboarded, you're like what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a, it's a quick learning curve. You learn so much quicker. You know, you can get out the back, you just get the bodyboard, pair of fins out the back, you go. So catching waves within two or three sessions and going down the beach, you can just get out there. Yeah, you're it's not, true. Huh? You're not too scared, yeah. As you know, the big part of the learning curve is just understanding the wave and where it breaks and why it breaks and if it's going to break and all of that. And and if you're out there amongst it, right, you're just getting that experience a lot quicker. Yeah, you're just absorbing it without even knowing. You know? Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, so I've been thirty years um, like bodyboarding and surfing. And I've wrote all this this kind of information down because I was like, how long have I been doing this? When did I start surfing? So, so in two thousand one, I started surfing. Yeah, because so I used to work in a surf shop in Edinburgh, which is the capital city of Scotland. Uh, I was working there for about five years and got to know some of the sales reps yeah. from big, big companies that are down based in Cornwall, which is the south of England. Yeah, and so I started surfing in two thousand one because I got a job for Rip Curl, and he yeah. says we can't have a bodyboarder working for us. You need to learn to surf. <laughs> what were you doing for Rip Curl? Just uh, I was a sales rep. Selling all the wetsuits, clothes, and 
yeah. everything that they done back in the day in 2001 when surf brands were you know in the beginning of being kind of taken off in the UK yeah as well, getting bigger and bigger how many surfers are there in Scotland oh, it's a hard question that one um, yeah. most of them stay in the central belt which is Edinburgh and Glasgow which are yeah. just basically they're just about joined together now um, I don't know you could say about I don't know, maybe about 4,000. Yeah. It's taking a stab in the dark, you know. There's a lot. The, the breaks get busy, but not not how you imagine. They're not busy. You you come here, you'd be like, that's not busy. Right. So like five or six guys, maybe, as opposed Something. to 30. Yeah. You, get, yeah, you do get days where it's like maybe 20, 30, but there's a lot of variation in abilities. Right, there's still yeah. that group of people that are still catching those waves. You know, it's like yeah. same same with most places you go. And and you you sort of described the surf scene in Scotland, but tell me a little bit more about it. So a lot of the surfers are sort of centrally located. You mentioned Glasgow, and so that's kind of is like like is there a surf scene? Like is there? I don't even know what surf scene means when I say that. I'm like, what does that even mean? But I guess what's the culture of surfing like in Scotland? You mentioned there's maybe 4,000 surfers. Yeah. Um, there's like a central hub. Um, do you guys co-mingle at like a pub or something? Or do you see each other at surf shops or at the beaches? Only at the beach. Mostly yeah. at the beach, yeah. Mostly at the beach. When there's waves, you get you get to see all your the guys you've been, you know, seen. Yeah. For years and get to chat to them then when you get to the beach but everybody's so busy you know everybody lives so far away from each other that yeah. there's not a there's not a coast um scene like vibe right like we get in hot we get in hot countries and stuff where people live at the beach and you know it's, it's easy to meet all your friends or go and go for a drink have a party at the house or whatever but it's totally different here you've got to drive so I just I've I've just come from a surf and it took me fifty minutes, yeah, to drive drive back, you know. So yeah, um, yeah. It's so that, there's just that's yeah, they're my neck of the woods anyway. But it's, you've got other places in Scotland, you know. You got the North Coast um, in Furzo. I don't know if you've heard of Furzo. Yep. Oh yeah. It's like a right hand reef break there that a lot of people know about. Yep. Um, there's a more a coastal kind of vibe there, like beach seen in uh-huh. a way yeah. but we all live right there right there yeah at Thursday yeah. we're in the town yeah the breaks yeah. down it's like yeah you walk out your door with your wetsuit on and go surf how often does that wave break in the winter time a lot yeah it's pretty much yeah. a winter wave yeah when it when the summer comes through the it just the lows don't get high enough yeah in the Atlantic to push that swell in so but yeah the winter time when it's yeah. cold yeah, it looks like all the photos you see of it, there's snow on the ground. Hi, isn't it? It's not like that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap. Is it five millimeter? What kind of wetsuits are you guys always in? You, you, What are you wearing? Is it five mil? Hoods and booties year round? I personally wear my hoods a lot, even through the summer, just because yeah. of the wind and the cold wind and stuff. I don't want yeah. to get severe. But yeah, people wear um, like five mil. Five fours, yeah. six fours, and then in the summertime you might get a month where you could wear a summer suit. Which that's is if, what? That's if there's waves. Is a, <laughs> so what's a summer can, suit? Like a three uh, mil? A three mil, yeah, yeah. And people take their boots off. I hate. I can't. I can't surf without boots. Yeah, that's that's an interesting thing, right? Because there's many of us that can't surf with them. Yeah, exactly. You know, we're, we're just, just not used, used to them. something. Yeah, you, yeah. Used to, you take them off. Your feet are so soft. Yeah, there's just there's no grip at all. But uh, but yeah, it's generally like hood up, mitts on, no gloves. Oh my keep god! Your, keep your fingers together because they're so much happier when they're all together. Yeah, boots like no split toe boots like boots. I hate split toe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So everything's got to be close, warm yeah, up. Yeah, all, all hugging each other. <laughs> <laughs> That's classic. Um, but now nah, it's, it's you're fine when you you put your you put your dry suit on before you go for surf and it's really cold it's like ice on the ground it's maybe snowing it's maybe like it's minus you know um, but you know the water's warmer exactly weird things like on the coldest time of year you you're talking about about eight degrees yeah I don't know how you work that in your what you use um, but yeah eight degrees and the air temperature can be like minus 
five or you know, I think it's minus ten or something. But you just wow. think, oh, I'll be warmer actually in the water than somebody standing watching for the length of time that I surf. But it's, just be- when, it's when you come out. <laughs> right. How do you handle that? Do you have a nice warm bucket of water? Uh, most people have vans. Uh, they just jump right in the van and go. <laughs> get, get out, get in the van or wear, a, you know, these um, big jackets. Um, yeah, these like ponchos. Yeah, but they're like big jackets, like windstopper jackets that are fleece lines and you put that on. You can put it on over your suit, you know, just to, yeah. if you want to go for another stuff, come out, stick that on and you feel like you're warming up. Yeah. Um, yeah. How old are you? I'm 48. Oh my God. Because as we get older, like you and I, it's easy to get stiff and not to be stretched out in these cold temperatures. Oh yeah. Tell me about it. Wow. It's getting to that stage. Like, yeah, need to keep, get back, get back in the pool and start swimming again. So do you have family? I've got, I've got got a wee boy, my partner, and we've got a new one on the way. Um, So cool. He's going to drop in July. Radical. Congratulations. Not far away, so yeah. Yeah. And you you got the swimming, and we got to get the surfboard factory rebuilt. Tell me a little bit about the process of, first of all, we should tell the listeners, how do we help you, Jason? I know that there's a, there's like a, is there a GoFundMe page? Like, how can we direct listeners if they want to help you rebuild your factory? Um, yeah, there's a, straight after the day, I posted up on Facebook. Um, there's two people I know that are like good friends. They set up, there's two individual people, they set up a GoFundMe page, like different ones. And then other people were like, oh, let's, let's put these two together and do a bigger one. And I didn't know anything about this at all. Yeah. I was, I was just like, I was getting messages and stuff. And I was just like, I was just not even looking at my phone. Um, and my partner was telling me, he's like, there's people being setting up GoFundMe pages just to get you back on your feet. And they've put a, they're trying to get this amount. And I'm just like, what? This is like, this is insane. Yeah. Um, the GoFundMe, um, I don't know if maybe you can put a link up on your. Where does the link reside right now? Isn't there, is there a link on your Instagram page? It's, yeah, you can get it through my Instagram page. I think that's the best thing to do is send people to Instagram, to your Instagram page, you know, your profile and the links right there, you know, so your Instagram is J surfboards. Yeah. yeah, actually on, I've put it in my, in my bio. So instead of having my website address, it's actually there. It's just sitting there. So yeah. Just click on that. Yeah. I'm looking at it right now. So um, go to J surfboards on Instagram, look at his bio and there's a link there. And we'll put a little link on, on our page as well, driving people there. Now, says, do you own the land? Do you have to scrape the building? Um, what are the process? I, I think it's important to have people take a look at your the, the work that you do. You're an incredible craftsman. I mean, it's obvious that you're a talent. You've got some really cool stuff. Um, it looks like you might be a photographer as well. So it's important <laughs> that we get, you know, we get, this factory rebuilt. Um, do you, again, do you own the land? What's the process here of getting the factory rebuilt? Did you scrape the building? No. So I rent, I rent it from the estate. So it's built the, the, the workshop that I've got is built on a, a site where they've got a 16th century um, abbey, kind of like wow. a monastery in a way. Yeah. And it kind of looks like a castle. You know, so yeah. people, oh, that's amazing. So it's on this, this these grounds, a big estate. Right. Um, these buildings were built for World War Two. Right. It was a training camp. Okay. So got that kind of institutional look, like yeah. old stone buildings with these metal um, glass windows and stuff. And yeah, at nighttime yeah. it looks kind of creepy, you know. But uh, it's quite a cool spot to have a workshop. It took me two years to find somewhere as well. So yeah. So a lot of work was involved just to even getting to the, the point of having a, a workshop uh, close to hand and stuff. And it was easy and, and the rent was reasonably priced and stuff. So, and those guys who I rent it off, uh, they're just, they're, they're just been so helpful after what's been, after what's happened and stuff. So, um, 
Yes. What's the plan? Is the plan to... Well, what's happened, so you know what asbestos is? Yes. Yeah, so the roofs were asbestos roofs. Yeah. So obviously that that was popping um, and breaking up as the fire was getting yeah. really hot. So it spread through to the workshop next door, which they use as a classroom for the college. So the college is part of the abbey. They've got like a residential college there. So it's unfortunately the fire spread through into their area as well and damaged quite a lot of areas in the roof as well. So that whole roof is getting taken down. Everything's getting cleaned out. Yeah. A specialist team has to come in and take everything away. Yeah. So whatever's in there is gone. Yeah. I can't, I can't even just even take it. You know, it's like, like, what did you lose? Like, you mean like your planers and yeah, your, everything, yeah. everything, they have to take it all away. Well, it's just destroyed. The it's heat destroyed. Yeah. melted everything together, surfboards yeah. melted together. And yeah, the whole shaping room was, was gone. Um, all the walls were built with a friend and stuff when we built the place. And yeah, it's just everything apart from what was in the hallway, which was, protected by this brick wall some surfboards in there um but all the ones that were more and it's like valuable you know but it doesn't matter anymore um, yeah. they're, they're all gone that were in the in the main place um, yeah and custom and orders and repairs and i do a lot of repairs as well yeah um but yeah it's so it's how a big, what, a big cleanup operation? So it's a big cleanup now, and, and are, so are you looking for another place to rent, or are you going to go back into this facility? Like, what is your landlord? Has yeah, your so what's going on? The guys that are that are my neighbors that have got other workshops in the same place. It's quite a big complex. Um, they've been chatting and stuff. So one of them's got a space in the back of their workshop that's not getting used at the moment. So I can get in there do. It's a small space. Yeah. It's big enough to do some repairs. And I want to make some um, waves. So I make some resin waves. I do some artwork. Uh-huh. Resin as well, which you yeah. might have seen on Instagram. I've seen them. Yeah, they're cool. They're super cool. Just just different things like that. So I do yeah. some small stuff, repairs, and then just because I keep getting messages and emails and like, okay, I need this board fix and stuff. So there's a lot of people still not heard. Oh, wow. When did this happen? I it's only be to twenty six, twenty six in March. Okay, yeah. so a little more than a month. Okay, yeah, yeah. So it's still, still yeah. 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 Every day, every day since then, I've been thinking about it. Yeah. So you, so you've got a little teeny spot that's just kind of a a small little makeshift thing for now to get back up to speed where you were, where you had rooms for shaping and laminating and fixing boards and all of the stuff required. What's your plan for that? Um, so the, the chat is that I'm going to get my workshop back. I'm going to get back into the, the building. So it just needs um, a building surveyor to come in, you know, a structural engineer to check out the walls. Um, and then who's, who's going to build the building? Who's going to pay for the cost of the new development? So that's getting done through insurance. Uh-huh, right. Uh, because you rent a workshop, you pay building insurance through right. that. So that's covering everything, you know, including next door as well. And do they do they are they gonna build it back to the same specifications or are they gonna get maybe like keep it the same aesthetic as the rest of the grounds or are they gonna make it different? So just the case uh, the walls are still there, they're all still standing. Okay. The brick walls are standing. Okay, uh, gotcha. Um it's just the internal steels that have been kind of buckled with the heat and the roof obviously needs to come down and then reinstate the new steels and then they'll put a industrial metal roof on it so it'll get a new roof um, which will last a long long time yeah um, so yeah and we got to reinstate the put the inside back the way it was yeah well so the, the hub says like well if you want it laid out a bit differently let us know get some plans drawn up yeah uh, so yeah, I want to lay it out differently because yeah. when I moved there, you move when I moved in there, you weren't thinking I just we just made it up. You just piecemealed it together and went, Oh, yeah. we'll do this one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Was, yeah. Just, I need this and I need that and we'll have right. But now you're kind of thinking, okay, you know what? Let's get a really cool vacuum system. Let's, yeah. you know, this may how about a window here or no window there? Or, you know, let's put the dunny, let's put this over, you know, like 
you get to think it through a little bit. Yeah, it's, it's a lot to do. <laughs> I bet. Yeah, yeah, a lot. Yeah, you know, tough one to think about. Let me put my ignorance completely on display here, okay? Because I'm a bit confused and I apologize. Scotland is its own country. It's not part of the UK. It is part of the UK, yeah. Okay, it's its own country. It's part of the United Kingdom. United Kingdom, yeah. So where does that put Scotland with Brexit? Oh, we just have to do what the English do. <laughs> okay, so you're part of Brexit. Yeah, yeah. We, we're United Kingdom, so yeah. we are part, we are, we're one state. You know, right. So. Are there regulations within Scotland regarding, like here in California, the, the surfboard industry is, is um, going through some changes, let's say. Yeah, One yeah. is we have a big shortage in labor. There's not a lot of 20-year-old kids that want to become, that want to like start glassing surfboards yeah. um, or, and become shapers. You know, there's a few, but we also have skyrocketing real estate prices. So yeah. you have to kind of almost own your building to even start a business. Yeah. And um, there's a lot of regulation, environmental regulation here in California. Do any of these things affect you in Scotland? If you're working as a, they call them a sole trader. So if you work alone in your workshop, there's no health and safety regulations. There's nothing. And, can, and do you, are you in that category? Is that what you would consider yourself? Yeah. Okay. And then it changes when you employ somebody. So then right. you have to make sure you've got like fire escapes, smoke alarms, all these, all this stuff to protect your employee, you know, because that they're your responsibility. So you'd have to put a lot more um, structure into there. And what about environmental concerns? Because here they make you have all sorts of vents and vacuum systems, and they bring an air inspector out to test and see, you know, where you're at with what you're letting out into the environment. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, nothing like that. Nothing. Nothing, no. What about maybe what a bit you, more going on where you are? You know, it's bigger well, industry. Yeah, there's a lot going on here in the state of yeah. California. Yeah. What, what about in Scotland? Where do you source your materials from? Like foam, foam blanks, and and fiberglass and resin. Is there like a boatyard that you go hit up or what? No, so I need to get that shipped up from the south of England. Um, there's a place called Seabase. Uh, yeah. We've got a main place in France as well. Um, so they're in Newquay, which is in the south coast. Uh, so they bring in US blanks. Yeah. And so I generally get my blank. I get my blanks from them. I've been getting them for years. Yeah. I'm using US blanks for a long time. And I get my fiberglass and resin from them as well. Right. And then there's yes. some other places I use. Um, but everything has to be delivered. Yeah. You can't, can't just go out and get it. Right. You can't go to like a hardware store. No. Yeah. No. So Just you're placing for... orders with your Seabase rep and you're like, look, I need 20 blanks. I need blah, blah, blah. I need this much yeah. resin. I get it all sorted. Yeah. I normally get my orders kind of lined up, know what I've got, and then order the blanks for the boards I need to make. Yeah. Yeah. You do like a batch. Instead, you order and blind, you know, you could be sitting on there for a long time. You know what I've noticed as I scoured your Instagram, uh, that you have a lot of alternative crafts. You have, you have asymmetrical boards. You, you've, you're doing some edge boards. Where do you draw your inspiration for these designs? It's all due to me being so, like, curious, you know, right. about design and stuff. Like, just, just being a shaper. You talk to any shaper, they're just they're always intrigued about the yeah. stuff. It's the stuff that's been done before. Yeah. You know, from the past. So it's I've surfed like lots of shortboards and like twin fin fishies and stuff. And you know you kinda of get to know how they feel. Yeah. And you see the like uh, an edge board and you're just like, What is that? Yeah. You know, it's like I can't even buy one of those. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm going. I'm going to try and make it. You know, so um, so that's that's where it comes from. It's it's more about the design behind shaping it. How do you shape it in the first yeah. place? So you've got to get your head around that. There's no one here to tell me what to do. You know, it's like you do this, do that. How did you learn to shape? Who did you? Who did, who who mentored you? No one. You just bought a blank and a planer yeah. and said, "Start cutting." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's videos and stuff, right? You must have gone on YouTube or something. No, this was pre 
this is pre you this is pre this like is internet. pre-internet yeah pre-internet yeah, yeah. It's like yeah looking books i bought um oh, what was it called shaping, shaping 101 yeah by yeah. john carper yeah i sat down and watched that over and over again and just wrote down all the process that he went through and it was like i had like five pieces of a4 paper on the wall in the <laughs> room and i just kept ticking everything off as i went through it all <laughs> that's so great john carper's affected He's helped so many pre-internet shapers with that thing, you know, with that yeah. video, that tutorial that he put out. Yeah, it was on DVD. It was a DVD. Ad. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, yeah. It's like, and then once everything started to come on, like, um, Instagram and like YouTube, you're like, whoa, so that's how you meant to do it. <laughs> <laughs> John, John Carper was wrong. It's actually this oh. way. No, just kidding. I couldn't even find information how to put an FCS plugin. But I just routed them in. I didn't even recess them through to the other side of the board. So the first turn I'd done on my first board, they just went pop. <laughs> and when you routered them, did you have the router jig or did you just use any old router, any I old just, drill bit? I just bought one of those hole borers and just sunk it in. And, and you're yeah. like, this seems like the right size. <laughs> did you take the plug and go, this is the right size? And just That's make it up as you go along. So That's yeah, exactly. what I've done. I just make, make things, yeah, make it up as you go along, kind of think about how it should be done and then just go at it some people are just craftsmen for whatever reason you know like it's in their dna like look me personally i'm dangerous with a screwdriver in my hand <laughs> but a guy like you yeah. you know you seem to be good with tools and with your hands you know um yeah, how long come with time though but were yeah. you building other stuff like you had a workshop before surfing or did you just dive in no just i used to i've had lots of different jobs through my life as well so yeah. i was a lightning conductor fitter so used to fit um lightning like circuits on buildings right electrician use a, a lot of drills and kind of like an electrician but yeah you're putting like aluminium strips and covering a whole building with them right and earthing that building so if it gets struck by lightning it dissipates through the aluminium strips and it goes in the ground. So I was putting them up and drills and loads of tools and stuff, but no routers or planers. Right. The only time I thought I first used a router and a planer and stuff was when I started shaping. Was it hard to get a planer? I just bought the, the only, yeah, I just bought a cheap planer. Like a Makita or something? It wasn't even a Makita. I just yeah. went to the cheapest one and just used it, you know. Was, at, the, at your hardware it, store? You just don't know, yeah, yeah. Radical. Yeah, yeah. But I think it was like twenty pounds, which is probably about what forty, fifty, forty dollars or something. Yeah, cheap. Okay, yeah. And, and what about now? What kind of planer are you using now? I mean, I know it's destroyed, but what's what's in the cards? Well, it's funny you say that because um, I've been chatting to this guy Jim Phillips. I know Jim real well. Yeah, so he came over to Scotland. Oh, cool. Two thousand nineteen. He was doing his. Um, shaping trip to portugal uh-huh i can't remember the place that they do the the shape the boards and they get them glass it's not probably like, P- oh, not focus oh another place. no i'm not sure yeah. um, but he was over he was over in 2019 and he was over his way his wife yeah so they did he decided to come over to edinburgh for four days yeah um so he was he, he was messaged me the day before he was turning up <laughs> yeah just are you going to be in i was like i really want to come and see your place and i'm just like Who's this guy? <laughs> <laughs> so I looked him up and I was like, it's like, no way. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, that's, that's mad. And it's like, so he came and we, we had, we had an hour. Cause that's I had to teach and swim. And I was, oh man. The day he turned up, he was super late. Uh, uh, he had to get a taxi out to my place. Cause it's not in, it's not in the city. Yeah. You're far away. Yeah. So about an hour away. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he came over for an hour and was just chatting away and stuff. But it wasn't obviously an hour. It's not long enough. You know? No, it's not. Especially yeah. with him, you're good. You would wanted to, yeah, really soak yeah. up a lot of information from him. You know, he's a, yeah. he's amazing. That guy. He spotted. Um, I had a blank sitting that I bought in 2015, and the year the year after I built the place, and I got a triple stringer U.S. blank made of uh, living free yeah um well, like california redwood and balsa wood stringers uh, beautiful it was lovely it just sat there for so long and he he he'd seen it when he came in he was like oh he said oh 
when I come back, we'll, we'll tag team that board. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into it, get it shaped. So yeah. I was just, I was like, it's been sitting there for so long until I get like really confident that I can just go in and there and, you know, yeah. not be scared of that triple string. But, but I was asking <laughs> you about which your plane, what planer is in your, in your future. So he messed. So that's that's why I was talking about Jim. He messaged me and says, "What's your shipping address? I've got a skill five point five amp planer, like an old one. He's getting shipped from one of his friends. Oh wow, that's great! So he's shipping one of those over. And, oh, that's amazing! And I've ordered a uh, Makita, uh, no Makita, sorry, uh, Hitachi. Yeah." An old Hitachi one. Uh, yeah. Name. It's kind of similar to the Clark foam. Yeah. You know, cool. that they done a long time ago. Vaguely. You don't make them anymore. Yeah. The Clark used to put out a, a like a kit, you know, yeah. like a planer kit. Listen, mod- I'm getting a modified one of those. Um, so somebody's getting that for me. Cool. So, yeah. So, once I've not got anything at the moment, I've just been buying yeah. some stuff. When do we, when do you anticipate being sort of like fully up to speed when and 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 Scottish surfers and surfers from around Europe and possibly even you know wherever reach out to you and say hey Jason make me a board yeah, like yeah. when will you be able to go cool let me get an order card and I'll write one up yeah I'm already getting orders <laughs> I bet um so probably September time yeah if it's earlier but this all this will be going up on the everywhere on social media. Um, yeah. Once yeah. things start to move forward and you can see, you can still, and I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. You know, wow. all that yeah. stuff. It's not too far away because it, it's not going to take long to reinstate the roof, then put all the new electrics in and some plumbing. They're all going to do anyway. That's all going to get done. And everything's cool with your landlord? Yeah, yeah really, really good. Yeah. Oh, good. That's been a relief. Well, you've got two kids you got a kid and a kid on the way so we need to start making some surfboards <laughs> <laughs> yeah i got i got offered from um their place down in england so far away though it's tough to fly there yeah you know do shaping but it's just like i can't because i just can't leave no you got other stuff yeah i just can't leave my partner got a three-year-old to deal with yeah, yeah. she's got a big bump to deal with yeah things are starting to get a bit more difficult you know so yeah, can't just, can't just leave. So no. I've got my. I can te- teach swimming as well. So I'm doing yeah. that part time. So keep me, keep, keep me afloat. We'll get the surfboard thing going here, hopefully be- before September, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's that's the goal anyway. So yeah. By the way, where do you where did most Scottish surfers go on holidays for a surf? It seems it seems like they would go. Like my guess is they go to Morocco, France. Portugal, yeah, yeah. lands yeah. in um, the Canary Islands. Yeah, I've been there, yeah. And stuff like that. Morocco is a good place to go. Yeah, uh, Morocco. And then you go, yeah. You go, so all the, all the standard places. In Ireland Europe. as well, yeah. Ireland, that's a little quicker. And then you've got, obviously, cl- more closer to home for us, traveling five hours up to the north coast, driving up there. Always a good trip. Um, and then we've got the outer, outer islands on the west coast. Um, so we're on the west really? side of Scotland, there's a, an island chain called the Outer Hebrides. Oh, right. I'm not going to say how many there are, but there's a lot. There's a lot of islands. But the main ones, the bigger ones, they've got some really good waves. Really? Yeah. Probably that sounds really nice. Some of, the, some of the best waves that Scotland has. Oh, interesting. Are there people that live on those islands, or are they just... Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. so there's an, there could be communities of surfers there that... There's, yeah, there's communities of surfers there, but there's not a lot. Yeah. There's not a lot. Uh, it used to be just like a handful of surfers there about 10 years ago. But By so, any chance, is it warmer? It's a little bit warm. <laughs> yeah, the, the Gulf Stream passes by, you know. Okay, all right. <laughs> Maybe one degree, two degrees warmer. <laughs> yeah, oh, you, you feel it when you're from, for us, surfing on the East Coast, it's a lot warmer. The East Coast yeah. is so cold. The sun's out today. It's a nice day. There's nice waves today. Oh, good. You got some fun yeah. waves. Yeah, it was a bit shoulder high. Yeah. Nothing serious. But yeah, but good to get wet. It's good fun. Fun yeah. waves today. But well, yeah. look, Jason, we've, we've 
have we missed anything? What else, what else have we, can we touch on here? The most important thing I think is let's get people, let's drive people to your Instagram account. Take a look at your boards, the stuff that you're doing. It's incredible. It's really, I sense that you've got a craftsman's aesthetic that you seem to know your way around tools and um, it's obvious by your design. So let's drive people to J surfboards. The Instagram account is at J surfboards and the GoFundMe link is on your bio page there. It's been a pleasure to meet you. Thanks so much for spending some time with me this morning. Yeah, it's all right. It's been yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. But for but, me, yeah. honestly, this is it's, um, for Tim to mention this to you. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's kind of the amount of support that I've got and messages and from all places all over the world has been amazing. It's, it's kind of it's blown me away, you know. It's, it makes you realize how... You know how you know how big the place is, but it makes you realize how small a surfing community is. You know, it's like everybody comes together in times of need and things, and just to say, yeah, yeah. Well, that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna do that. We're gonna come together. We're gonna make it happen and and help out. You know, as much as we can. But uh, dude, I'm stoked to to like I said, I'm stoked to meet you. I appreciate you um, in time to be on the Boardroom Podcast this morning. And by the way, did you? Have you listened to the Chris Christensen podcast I just put out? I did, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because he went through a fire situation. Tim, Tim messaged and says, oh, you need to listen to the Christensen podcast. He mentions uh, stuff about the Pukas fire, and that story was like, oh. Yeah, I know. He, he told yeah. a good story. Huh? Oh, my God. Yeah, that was, that was a close one for him. Yeah, it was. It was. Just to, you can just imagine everything that was going on when he was explaining what was happening at that moment. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he did a good job of bringing us close to the experience. That was a lucky day. Exactly. Just, just all the boards and stuff I had in there. I had a lot of boards. boards. My surfing sets. No, yeah, I had a lot of boards and stuff that influenced my surfing. Um, and there that was... Yeah, that meant a lot. That yeah. meant a lot. We're going to have to build some new ones. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't replace those ones, though. Yeah, I know. I know. All right, Jason. Well, thanks for your time this morning. I appreciate it. And... Um, and and best of luck to you. And I I look forward to staying in contact with you. Brilliant. All right. Cheers, bud. Thanks very much. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and God said, "Let there be light." Life, oh life, life is a miracle. Oh, It's a miracle It's a miracle Every time a mother gives birth Tell me who can say How much a child is worth A miracle Living on this planet Earth Rotating to the rhythm of the universe Life more precious than the rarest stone More valuable than silver or gold Life, the essence is invisible To the scientific mind it's impossible Like the secret of the seed that grows into a tree The starry galaxies remain a mystery Oceans and the seas, the air we breathe God knows that I believe Life is a miracle Life, oh life Life is a miracle Oh life Life, oh life Life is a miracle As I turn one page of our history I see so many great personalities Like Marcos, Messiah, Garvey, Emperor Selassie, and the great Bob Marley. Malcolm X with any means necessary. Martin Luther marching to victory. Mother Teresa, Princess Diana, even Tupac Shakur, and the one Daddy Biggie. Well, they will always have a place in our memory. And in time to come, you wait and see, they will all get the gift of eternity. God knows that I believe life is a miracle. 
hiring for a small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role, and there's no faster or effective way than through LinkedIn Jobs. Your time and capital are precious, and there is a powerful resource that can help you focus on what you're good at and integrate people into your team seamlessly to help grow your business. LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to find the right professionals for your team efficiently and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. Everyone is already on LinkedIn with their resumes and references, and now LinkedIn has designed a hiring platform to connect you with candidates specifically qualified for the job that you post about. More than a billion professionals meticulously organized to connect people by skill set to help us all advance our position. 2.5 million businesses already use LinkedIn for hiring, and 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's that fast, easy to use, and effective. LinkedIn Jobs can help you write job descriptions, filter the right person to you, and give you the tools to help you interview them like a pro. LinkedInjobs.com surf is where you go to post your job for free. Yes, totally free. That's linkedinjobs.com slash surf to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. 